Hello, good morning. Welcome to church today. Welcome to our online experience. Our third one ever here in Terrace Bay that I know of, at least for church. I am thrilled that you've joined us today. And in just a few minutes, you're gonna have the opportunity to sing a few songs with us. We're gonna hear an incredible message from the Word, what we call the Bible, an incredible story today. And I wanna prepare you for today in, in the experience that we're having. This is, uh, this is not something for you just to watch, to take in. This is something for you to participate in. And as we sing, I encourage you to sing with us. You can dance if you want to, you can do whatever. You can even shout and you can even yell at me, whatever the case is. But I am encouraging you today to participate in all that we're doing. And we are going to be reading an incredible story from the Bible. I'm gonna share a few thoughts about expectations. And sometimes we have expectations or we think something's gonna go a certain way and then all of a sudden something happens and it goes completely different. If that doesn't sound familiar to you, I don't know where you've been the last few weeks, but uh, we are just absolutely thrilled that we have this opportunity to connect with you together. I'm inviting you today, if you are watching on Facebook, on YouTube, or on our website, I wanna encourage you just to leave a like, leave a comment, let us know that you're here. Let others know that you are watching too. Let us know where you're watching from. And we want to be in this together. It's not just one of you watching. Last week's uh, on Facebook, we had over 500 people at some point click on our video and over 250 of you engaged, whether you liked, you commented, you shared, or you watched for a significant period of time. And that just brings me a lot of joy, but it also is such a good thing knowing that we are spreading good news around the world. We are spreading hope around our community and we are lifting each other up and we're lifting God up in the middle of this incredible trial. And so today I'm encouraging you to like, comment, share. In just a few minutes, you'll see, I'll share a link in, in some of the, the different ways that you're watching of a way that you can connect with us, uh, that you can connect with us here on uh, online. And so I would encourage you, especially if this is your first time ever joining us, whether in person or online, uh, I want you to fill out in some information for us so that we can stay connected to you. And I'm just so thankful for, your, for you being here with us today. And normally what I would say if we were in a building, in a space together, in a physical location, I would certainly tell you how glad I was that you were here. And I'm going to do the same here today. It's just to say, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. And so glad that you have a space, you've, you've made yourself available during this time to join us for our online church experience. So why don't we pray? I'm welcoming you. And why don't we just pray and get our attention and focus it on God today, because that's what we're here to do. We're here to, we're here to put our attention on things above. We're here to celebrate who God is. We're here to thank him for the good, thing he's, good things he has done and the good things that he will do. And so as we get into this this morning, as we're about to pray, just, just remember this, as we get into our story today, we are here to remember that Jesus came for you and for me. And even though we might have expectations of what Jesus or what God should be doing for us, I wanna challenge you today, let God open up your mind and open up your heart for him to share his will and not ours today. So let's pray and believe for that. Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing us together, Lord, online today, that you, Lord, can meet us wherever we are this morning. Lord, you can meet us where we are spiritually, whether we believe in you or don't believe in you, whether we've committed our lives to you or whether we're still trying to figure all of this out. God, you can meet us wherever we are. 
physically, God, I believe you can be with us in our homes today. It doesn't matter where we are located, around the world, around town, around the North Shore, Lord. I believe that you can meet with us. So God, we are come with expectations, knowing that by the time we have finished this broadcast today, that we will have met with the living God. And we will know that we have met with the living God. That we will have confidence to know that we have had an encounter with something, someone bigger than ourselves. Jesus, would you come? Would you open our minds, open our hearts, open our eyes to see what is true, whatever is noble, and whatever is right. Let us think on these things today. God, may you be glorified. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together. Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us here once again on this Sunday morning. It's Palm Sunday. I'm going to invite you to sing with us. You can stand in your living rooms. You can clap your hands. You can dance because there's no one watching. But let's sing together. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, kindness of Savior, the hope of nations.
darkness tries to roll over my bones Sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken, I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to hide. I am not a captain to the lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. I won't be shaken, I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love
Thank you so much for singing. I hope that you had this opportunity just to reflect on the good things of God. And Mackenzie here, you're going to need to open her water bottle. Do you need it open for water? Yeah. One moment. Here we go. And twist. There you go, love. Awesome. <laughs> so glad to have you join in with us today. And I am just so thankful 
for all that God has been doing through you, that God has been doing through me, and that God has been doing through us as a church to serve this community and bring hope to the world around us. And we have some incredible things in store for the future. Rather, God has some incredible things in store for the future. And I believe he has chosen to use you and he's chosen to use me. He's chosen to use our church to be something great moving forward in the future. And so I'm inviting you specifically next Sunday is, it, is, is something that we've been waiting for for weeks now. We've been planning for weeks and months and we've we've sort of shifted online and we're going to do some creative things and, and Lord willing, everything works out the way that I'm hoping to, although we'll find out today, expectations aren't always met and that's okay. But I'm inviting you to something extraordinary next Sunday. I want to see lots of celebration happening and we got some really good things that we believe God is going to do. So I'm inviting you specifically next Sunday at 1030 to join us. Hi, Catherine. You want to say hi to everybody on the camera? Say hi. You can't, they can't see you yet. Hey, hi. <laughs> but join us next Sunday morning, 1030 Easter Sunday. Time to celebrate anyway, but we got some really good stuff that we're going to be uh, pressing forward and launching in next week. Uh, this coming Wednesday at 3 o'clock, Wednesday at 3 o'clock, myself and Pastor John from Marathon are going to be doing a special Facebook Live question and answer period. And we want to answer your questions. Uh, anything is on the table. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the theme kind of goes something like this. Uh, who is God? What does God do for me? Um, why does God allow bad things to happen? And why does maybe all, all of these questions, whatever the question is that you have, we are going to take your questions live on Facebook, Wednesday at 3 p.m. So be sure to like our Terrace Bay Gospel Assembly Facebook page. And if there happens to be a problem, you can find Marathon at Parkland Pentecostal Church on their Facebook page. And we're gonna be sharing uh, sometimes you can send us send us your questions ahead of time. You can send us your questions during the broadcast, and uh, we'll do our very best to answer them. Now, do we know everything? Of course, we don't know everything, but we'll do our very best best to answer uh, the questions that you have concerning faith, concerning Jesus, who is God, and all this and that. Today is Palm Sunday, marks the beginning of what the traditional Christian church would call Holy Week. Now, on this day. Uh, I have put together a special devotional book that uh, has a reading of scripture, some personal words from myself or, my, or Elizabeth, as well as a short prayer. And, and you can go through these devotions each day from now until Easter Monday. And we're inviting you during this Easter season, especially if we're at home or, or self-isolating, not doing these things, to take our time and read through some scriptures together. And we are not going to be meeting for a Good Friday service. We're not going to do an online service, but we are inviting you to participate in this Easter season by reading together as a family or in your home as an individual, the book that we call our devotional, Easter devotional for 2020. You can find that. I'll leave a link for it below here in some of the comments, but just go to terracebay.church slash Easter. I'll be sure to leave a link there and you'll be able to download that PDF version. If you would like a print printed copy, please just send me a message, get a hold of me. I'll print one out for you and, and deliver it safely to your home. But we want everyone to have the opportunity today to read through this devotional book. It won't take you very long, except for Good Friday, there's a good amount of reading there to take some time and reflect on 
the Easter season and the Easter story. So join us this week in reading for those things. I want to just extend my thanks once again for your generosity in your in your giving of finances. Uh, money can always be a touchy subject. And even in this time of not meeting in our building, we still have lots of expenses that we have to deal with all the time. We had some insurance things come out, property tax for the house, all of those things, hydro bills and all this normal stuff. And I just want to say I am so grateful to God for sending you and using you to help uh, fulfill those obligations for us. And as well, those gener that generosity of your tithes and offerings help us do incredible things uh, for our community, to serve them faithfully, and to help them find and know the love of God and the love of Jesus. And so I just thank you for your generosity. And we have made arrangements for you who like to give cash or checks. We have made arrangements to have somebody be able to collect those on your behalf. And so if you would like to give a physical donation, uh, you can do that. Send me a message or give Frank Cappy a phone call and we'll get you connected and figure out how you can do that. Uh, in the meantime, the best way to give, the easiest way on our part, I should say, is through our website, terracebay.church. And if you want some information about giving and, and all of these kinds of things, terracebay.church slash give. And you'll learn all about uh, generosity and what we believe as far as tithes and offerings and where our money goes. And yes, we are a registered Canadian charity. So at the end of the year, you're eligible for a tax receipt. But I just want to say thank you so much for your generosity, especially in this season. On that note, we want to show our generosity towards you, our community, and to your church. And so if you have a need today, if you have a need in the next few days or the next few weeks, please do not hesitate to get a hold of us. You can call my cell phone, you can text me 807-375-0031. And you can send me an email, gary at terracebay.church, or send us a message on Facebook or through our website, whatever you'd love to do. As well, if you would just like someone to pray with you, whether through email or on the phone or, or this and that, I want to give you the opportunity to receive prayer. And so again, just send us a message. You can uh, go to our website as well, terracebay.church slash prayer. You can fill out a form and then you can let us know, is this a confidential prayer request or do you want the public to know and others to be praying for you? If it's confidential, goes between me, my wife, and our leadership team. And we keep that within our leadership team to make sure that your privacy is respected. But we know that God knows your requests. We know that God knows your needs. And so we wanna be able to serve you, especially in this time, but at any time. Uh, we wanna be able to serve you and help you on your faith journey. And we know that there are seasons in life where we go through hard times and we need to rely on God for our strength. And so please, please feel free to reach out to us if you have a need. I think that's about everything. I think that's about it. I got some really cool things that we want to do moving forward with our online experiences. So stay tuned and look forward to joining you here online. Stay tuned for up next for what's up next. Thank you. Higher than the mountains that I face, stronger than the power of the Constant through the trial and the change, one thing remains, one thing remains. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. 
love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love, your love, and on and on and on and on it goes. It overwhelms and satisfies my soul, and I never ever have to be afraid, cause one thing remains, one thing remains, your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me, your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me, your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me, your love, your love. Thanks everyone. Thank bye. you. Bye. Hey everybody, good to see you once again. I don't know if you could see, we got Catherine here with us today. We got Mackenzie operating the camera. She's coming around to say hi. Hi. <laughs> All right, do you know what we're going to talk about today on this beautiful Sunday? Well, today is called Palm Sunday. Do you know why it's called Palm Sunday? Well, let me tell you why. We're going to read. Catherine, do you know why it's called Palm Sunday? No. Well, let me let me give you some insight. If you don't already know, maybe you've heard about it before. It's an incredible story, and I say that all the time when I read a Bible story. But uh, we find this, we're going to read it from the book of Matthew today. First book of the New Testament, Matthew 21, 1 to 11. Can you say Matthew 21? Matthew 21. Verse 1 to 11. Verse 1 to 11. Very good. All right. So let's put down this and let's pick up this. This is what it says. It's called the triumphal entry. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Olives, <laughs> on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. And you can find this, the prophet Zechariah 9.9. This is what it says. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the, and the colt and placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. I think we should we should say that now. All right, come help me say it. You want to try to say it, Catherine? No? Okay. Come on, stand up. Come on. They're all camera shy. It says, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna to the Son of David. <laughs> Blessed is he. Blessed is he. Who comes. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Hosanna. In the highest. In the highest. Verse 10. Verse 10. <laughs> I'll read it now. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? 
And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from, the, from Nazareth in Galilee. There is a lot of things that are going on in this passage today. And it is an, an incredibly important part of the Christian belief and story about who Jesus is and what he came to do uh, for mankind on behalf of his father. And so let's just look at a few of these words here. So first of all, we see that this is a prophecy from Zechariah, the beginning part of it. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, this is the book of Matthew. And Matthew was written to primarily a Jewish audience. And so they would be familiar with the passage. They would be familiar with the prophecy of Zechariah. And those in Jerusalem, they would be familiar as well with this story that the king would come riding on a donkey. And yet we find out through this experience that they have expectations of what their king will bring and who their king will be. And we find out very quickly that their cheering, their shouting, their celebration comes with unmet expectations and they change their perspective. And only a few short days later, we see the tone of the crowd completely shift and turn on Jesus. The next word we see here, maybe it's not a word we use in our vocabulary, but it is Hosanna. And Hosanna, it's a Hebrew expression, which means save. And it became an exclamation of praise. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Maybe you've heard that at the Christmas story. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. And they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, who comes in the name of God himself. An incredible story. So let's, let's look at a few things today. So now we, we know that there's a big crowd and we know it gives us some detail. He came from the Mount of Olives. Now I need my whiteboard over here. Mackenzie's drawing on it. I got my, my trusty board over here and uh, gonna just erase that. I'm going to get real fancy with you today. My marker, please, Miss McKenzie. Thank you. Now, we know that from where Jesus was coming from, coming to the Mount of Olives to come into Jerusalem was not the most efficient way for him to come. So let me just try to draw you a map here today. So here is this little square we'll call Jerusalem. And we'll do a little compass here. We got north. Well, let's erase that. That was really bad. We have, you know, north, south, east, West. I am no artist. I'm, I can't even write properly. So we know that Jesus was coming from roughly over here. Boo, doo, doo, doo. He hit a town called Samaria, which is right around here. And the Samaritans hated the Jews. And they said, do not come through our town. You must go somewhere else. And a really fun story. Two of Jesus' disciples, their brothers, known as the Sons of Thunder, kind of like your scrappy brothers. They said, Jesus, would you like us to call down fire from heaven onto this town? For they would not make way for you. And Jesus kind of goes, that's a little extreme. We'll just go around the long way. And so they come around the long way. Do, 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 do. We see a little mountain here. That's an M for mountain. Plus it's got two peaks for mountain. It's not a huge mountain, but it's higher. You can overlook the city of Jerusalem. Now, other gospels tell us that as Jesus was on the Mount of Olives, it says he looked over Jerusalem and he wept for it, for they did not understand what was about to happen, nor would they. 
And so here we see Jesus on the Mount of Olives and he has to come a different way. He has to go around Samaria, big S there, Samaria. And he's got to come around through the Mount of Olives and then he's going to enter Jerusalem from this way, which is known as the East Gate. And the temple in Jerusalem is right about here. Very not to scale <laughs> drawings by any means. But he has to come in and he ends up coming into Jerusalem through the gate, through the gate that is known as the Sheep Gate, also known as the, <laughs> can't see, also known as now we, we call it the Golden Gate. And it says Jesus came through that gate. Now that is significant. Now, before I get too far ahead, let me put this down for a minute. And you can take the marker for me. Thank you. Now, he did not plan to come this way. Already his plans have been changed, uh, but it didn't matter. He went the long way around. He came to the fields to come into Jerusalem. Make sure I get my notes right here. All right, so let's, let's, uh, let's set the stage to what's happening here. So before Jesus actually came to Jerusalem, he had, he had a very close friend who grew very ill and died. His name was Lazarus. Maybe you've heard of Lazarus, maybe you haven't. He died. And there was word that was sent to Jesus, come quickly, your friend is dying. And Jesus says, no, I'm busy doing ministry, helping other people. I will come when the time is right, <laughs> Catherine. And so Jesus decides, I will wait. He gets word, Lazarus has died. And they say, come Jesus, come, he has died. Come be with us. And he doesn't go. Four days later, he shows up. And he walks up to the tomb where Lazarus is laid, and we see that Jesus is there and he has a rather emotional moment because his friend has died. And we read in the Bible that Jesus wept. Jesus experiences a human emotion. He's sad. He's crying that his friend has died. I want you to pause and think about that for a moment. We are allowed to have emotions. We are allowed to have feelings. We are allowed to feel the things that we feel. But Jesus doesn't stay in that moment. No, he reaches out to his heavenly father. He reaches out to the power of the Holy Spirit with him and within him. And he says, this is not the end. This is not Lazarus time yet. And so what does he do? He says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes out of the grave, grave clothes and all. Now, if that's not amazing enough, I mean, he raised Lazarus from the dead. That's going to get some the, get the attention of some people. That's a pretty crazy story. But what is even more crazy is that in the Jewish tradition, in the Jewish faith, there was a belief that after three days, up to three days rather, that the spirit of the body would hover over the body and you could raise that body back to life if you caught them in that three-day window. And Jesus arrived to Lazarus' grave not three days, but four days. One, two, three, four. Four days. And he raises Lazarus from the dead. So therefore, not only is it just a miracle, it is a supernatural miracle that clearly Jesus is more than just another prophet. He is more than just another rabbi. Truly, there is something special about Jesus. They see this in him. They see him complete this incredible miracle. And they think to themselves, could this be the Messiah? Could this be who we've been waiting for? There's so much excitement. People have lived in captivity for generations. They've held onto the promise of God that something is going to happen one day and God is going to save them like he did before. He saved them from Egypt. He saved them from the, um, 
lost it already. The Philistines, he brought them into captivity and he brought them out of captivity. They had this on again, off again, Ross and Rachel relationship with God, whole long story through the Old Testament. But there was this expectation that God would save Israel again because God promised he would. And here they're expecting Jesus, this Messiah, this miracle worker. Could he possibly be the one? And we know now, yes, the answer is yes, he was. But he was not the Messiah that the Israelites, the Jewish culture, was expecting. Even though they had the prophecies, even though they had the the foreshadowing before them, they still had a hard time believing that Jesus was who God said he was, through he said he was, through his disciples said he was. They did not believe he was the son of God and he was not the Messiah they expected. We see Jesus coming on a donkey. Again, we know it's prophesied. He comes on the donkey. I've got coloring going on on my iPad here. He comes on a donkey and people are shocked. They're expecting a warrior. They're expecting a king on the horse with a sword drawn, ready to defeat the Romans and take them out of captivity. They wanted a warrior king like David, like Saul, to defeat the Romans. But instead, he came not in a fighting animal, a war horse. He came on a farm animal, a donkey. Yet a symbolic gesture. Now, hear me out on this. A donkey was considered to be an unclean animal. And therefore, the donkey could not be sacrificed in the temple at the, at the holy place of God. Because as its blood was spilled, it would make the temple and the altar unclean. No, you had to have a clean animal, such as a sheep or a lamb, which is what we would refer to as the sacrificial lamb, to take the place of the unclean donkey. Now, we could go into a lot of history here, and I'm happy to do that for you, maybe another time. But the bottom line is this. The firstborn person and the firstborn of every animal had a duty to be given to God. For humans, they didn't believe in human sacrifice. They would send the firstborn to serve in the temple. But instead of doing that, the tribe of Levi took, that, took their place to serve for, as a substitute for all of Israel for the other 11 tribes took their place to serve in the temple instead of the firstborn having to do that. And animals, the same way. They would have to sacrifice the animal, the firstborn animal, as a symbol, as a gesture of repentance, as we can go on again, a whole long slew of different ways to, to um, all the different reasons for sacrificing animals. Again, for another time. But this is what is important for us today. <laughs> we're still recording this this is what we need to remember this is what's important today and yes i see you over there behind the camera yeah, we've switched camera operators this this is the this is the important symbolism for us today is that a donkey was a very valuable animal to a farmer good work animal it keeps everybody else calm just a second okay stop please thank you and so it was a valuable animal. And so what would happen is if, if they wanted to keep the donkey, because if the firstborn donkey, they would, what they'd have to do is actually just kill the donkey, just basically break its neck and bury it. They couldn't do anything with it. It was an unclean animal. They couldn't just bring it to the temple and sacrifice it. No, they had to substitute another animal. They had to use a lamb to substitute the death of that donkey. And so here we see Jesus riding in on a brand new young donkey, never been ridden before. Maybe it's the firstborn in its its time. And Jesus, who we know John the Baptist declares before he baptizes him, 
as he sees Jesus coming down the road, he says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we see John say these words. And then we see Jesus riding this brand new donkey. Now we saw that they put their cloaks down, their coats on the donkey. Again, it's like a saddle, all these things. But then we see people laying their coats on the ground, getting palm branches and waving them. Hosanna, they're celebrating. It's almost like a riot. There's a huge celebration happening. It was a part of the cultural norm of the day of how to celebrate. They are literally making the way clear because this is the king. This is the Messiah. This is the king that is going to free them. And yet, this is not the person. This is not the way they expected. They had unmet expectations. As they enter Jerusalem, people are expecting a mighty king, a horse, a Messiah to free them from slavery and oppression. And instead, they're greeted with someone of a higher agenda and priority. Because Jesus didn't come just to free the Jews from the Romans. He came to save the world from their sin. He came riding on a donkey as a substitute for the punishment of their sins. He rode in on that day as a substitute for you and for me. The wages of sin is death. We know that. Romans tells us that. But it goes on to say the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus is that gift as he gives himself over in that moment, riding into Jerusalem, into an excited crowd who are quickly disappointed. Once they learn that Jesus is not the Messiah that they want. Now, God doesn't always do what we want. Isn't that true? Even though we ask him, even though we pray, God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want him to or expect him to. This has got to be one of the most unique Easter services of a generation. One of the most unique Easter and spring seasons of certainly, definitely a generation. Personally, it's not how I expected these few weeks to go. We have some very exciting things that we are going to share with you next Sunday online. Now, we were hoping to do this in person. I had invitations there. I have, I have a stack of invitations. They're sitting on my desk at the church. They're on the table at the church that are useless because they're paper and we're going to hand them out to people, which we're not really supposed to go interact with people in person right now. Big plans, expecting a really good celebration moment together in person. And that is not happening. And that is okay because God has given us technology or using, using, allowing us to use technology to do this digitally. <laughs> what? No, thank you. We got, we got someone using our whiteboard here. But this has got to be the, one of the most unique seasons of a generation. And I have seen God do a lot more through this season of uncertainty, a lot more through this season of change, of trials, of uncertainty, of crisis, of fear. God has used this time to share an incredible amount of hope through myself and through others and through our church. I've seen God do more through this season than I would have ever expected. I've seen people's eyes open to the truth. I've heard you speak. I've heard saying, I've read the things that you have posted online and comments that you have shared, phone calls that I've received. I've, I've got text messages and Facebook messages and emails from you saying how your perspective has changed through this season and how you view God and, and the fact that you've met with him and you're comforted knowing that God is with us and his peace is with us. My expectations are totally totally just ripped wide open. God is doing more than I would have expected, more than I would have ever even imagined. 
And it's funny that I'm surprised because I share from Ephesians, one of my favorite books of the Bible all the time, that God will do immeasurably more in you and through you than you ever asked or imagined. All right, could we not get marker on the floor? That would be excellent. God does more than we ever asked or imagined. Don't get it on your hands, honey. Your hands will turn green. Thank you. You know, this is, this is an incredible time of year where we celebrate the hope that Jesus gives us. We celebrate all that he has done for us. And next Sunday is the reason we exist. Easter Sunday is the reason that we exist as a church. Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he was raised again on the third day. Now there's lots, lots going on. Not again, not how I expected this season to go. Not how I expected to celebrate Easter and share the good news. But I'm okay with that. Because what God has asked of me is to be faithful to the call that he's placed on my life. To serve you. To encourage you. To reach out to you. And we're doing that. We have technology that makes that happen. And the influence has blown wide open. More people are hearing this message than would have heard on the Sunday morning in person. More people are experiencing hope than have ever experienced before. Last week, we had over 500 people click on a video. We had over 250 people engage with the video. That's more than our room at our church where we meet. That's more people than we could hold in a room at one time. God is using this season to bring you hope, to bring you love, and to bring you encouragement. Why? Because he cares. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to not live in fear. He wants you to know that God is bigger than anything else. He's bigger than disease. He's bigger than, than, than fear. He's bigger than uncertainty. He is the certain. He is the constant in a season of change. We might have our expectations of who God is. We might have expectations and think to ourselves, well, why would you do this to us, God? Why are you punishing us? And the reality is, is that it's not God who's punishing himself. God is offering us a way out. God is offering us hope. He's offering us repentance. He's offering us for the chance of repentance. He's offering us forgiveness. He's offering us hope in this age of disruption. He's offering us something that we could never manufacture on our own. He's giving us an opportunity to know Jesus. So whatever your expectations are, God does not want you to live in fear. God is not doing this as a punishment towards you. He's using this season as an opportunity for you to experience the truth of who he really is, to experience what I call the goodness of God, to experience everything that he has for you. So here's my challenge. Here's what I say to you today. God's plan is bigger than you, and he has a big plan for you. God's plan is bigger than you, but he has a big plan for you. Don't expect God to do something because he did that for someone else. We can't play the compare game. We can't say, well, you did that for them and maybe you'll do that for me. We can ask, but God's plan is bigger for you than your plan is for yourself. Don't expect God to do something for you because he did it for someone else. Don't expect God to answer you in a way because he did that way in the past. He's got something special for you and he's got a special place for you. Just because you prayed a certain way doesn't mean God is going to answer your prayer or answer it in the way that you expected. He's the one with the authority and he's the one with the power. It's all about him. In fact, he will save you from your sin and despair and sickness and disease. But he doesn't just save you so that you can have a better life and a better eternal future. He, those things happen, 
I believe it fully. It's, it's the testimony of my own life. But he doesn't save you just so you're happy. No, he saves you for a purpose. He does these things for a reason. Don't limit God with your expectations. Don't let your expectations limit your mind and your heart and your thought of what God could possibly do in your life and through your life. He's not just saving you from something. He's saving you for something. God is not just responding to this crisis and to this season. He was already ahead of the game. The plans that he has for you already existed long before COVID-19 was a thing. Long before lockdowns and social distancing and physical distancing and all of these things were a problem. Now we recognize a lot has changed over the last few weeks and a lot more might continue to change. We have expectations and we set dates on the calendar. Maybe we'll get back to school on this day. Maybe we'll get back to work on that day. And maybe we can go back to living a normal life on this day. We simply do not know. But one thing I do know for sure, and I do know for certain, is that God's plan for your life is incredibly more powerful and incredibly more amazing than you could ever ask or imagine. If you want to experience that hope, if you want to experience that peace, if you want to lay aside your expectations of God and let God reveal himself to you, this is your moment. I encourage you to click on the box to connect and say, or leave a comment on the video that you're watching. Do something, reach out to somebody and say, I want to have the confidence that Pastor Gary is talking about. I want to lay down my expectations and I want to receive from God his plan for my life. I want to lay aside my old life. The last few weeks, we've been talking about Galatians in the book of Galatians, that letter that Paul wrote. And it says, I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. And then he lays out uh, identity, things that identify us as Christians, what we call the fruit of the spirit. If you want to identify with Christ and you want to have that hope today, that assurance that no matter what happens, that you will be okay, this is your opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus. So I encourage you, comment right now. I encourage you, send me a message. Send someone from our church a message and say, I want to experience the presence of God in my life. I want to experience the faithfulness of God in my life. I recognize today that I had expectations about who God is and what God should do for me. God is not obligated to do anything for us, but he has offered a generous gift of his son. He has offered Jesus as the sacrificial lamb, as the substitute for you and for me. Much like a sheep was a substitute for that donkey. He has offered us an opportunity to serve him. He's offered us an opportunity to have hope now and forever. He has offered us an opportunity to experience the presence of God right here and right now. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus, your son. I thank you for your great love for us. Thank you, you loved us so much that you sent your son to be our sacrificial lamb. Lord, even though the sin in our lives, Lord, is unclean, Lord, we're unworthy to be in your presence you sent Jesus to wash away our sin, to make us clean so we can stand in your presence, God, so we can meet with you. And I pray, Lord, that we would have the courage to make a decision to follow you, to serve you. May you give us hope, Lord, in this time of uncertainty. Lord, may you give us hope in this time of unrest. 
Lord, would we find peace? Lord, as we reach out to you, as you reach up to heaven, God, would you give us peace? Lord, that goes beyond our understanding. And Lord, would you continue to remind us this week, Lord, as we read and as we reflect on the good things of God, may we continue to find hope. May we share that hope. May we share your love with those around us. May we tell the world and celebrate with those around us what you are doing in our lives right now in this moment. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have a prayer request, if you need prayer for something, please send me a text message. Give me a call. You can click on the link in this video that says terracebay.church slash prayer, and you can fill out a request. You can let it know and be known to be public. You, we can keep it private with our leadership team. That's your decision. But we want to pray for you if you have a need. If you need anything, please call and send us a message. We love you. We're praying for you. Thank you so much for watching this video today.